Dr. Christina Fantana is a former pharmacist and award-winning transformation coach who helps visionary women release blocks so they can own their own brilliance out into the world and amplify their income and impact. We'll hear all about it on today's episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level, while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Christina Fontana, it is so nice to see you again. How are things in Pittsburgh? Amazing, amazing. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Define, We've known each other for a long time. Long time. Yep. Long time. Define what you mean by um, things are amazing in Pittsburgh. Amazingly good, amazingly Pittsburgh. Ama- yeah, I, I have to watch out because I'm, I'm talking to an NLP person um, <laughs> with, with my, my language. So <laughs> yes, um, I have a new house. I got married last year. Uh, I have a dog named Penny who I put in doggy daycare so she wouldn't be yapping in the background today. So Thank you. life is good. <laughs> good. Good. Well, congratulations on all that. And yes, I have been following your, your career. Um, really has taken off, it seems like. Certainly looks that way on Facebook and stuff. Tell, tell, us a, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you're doing. I'm just laughing because I, I, and you and I can be raw and real, and that's the kind of podcasting that I like anyway. How you can see someone on Facebook and think they have the perfect life, yeah, and and you know maybe they don't. And so I was just laughing at that because, um, yeah, I don't have a perfect life, and that's okay. Um, but I, I just think it's funny to, to see the different versions that we put on of ourselves out and out there in the world, right on social media. So, but yes. Um, so you were asking about what I do, what I do yeah. now. Yeah. So you're, a, you're a coach, obviously, but you also primarily focus on nutrition. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, well, I was a pharmacist and then I transitioned to health coaching back in 2000. 13, 14. And now I've actually gone into, I, I feel like that really wasn't my zone of genius. So now I do transformation coaching. So it's a lot of kind of combining, um, you know, hypnosis, um, you know, some havening in there, kind of like an amalgamation of um, tools and transformation that I bring together to help empath entrepreneurs to release these blocks that are holding them back so that they can elevate their income and impact out in the world. So it's a little bit off the path of nutrition, but still along the path of transformation. So now I help uh, empath entrepreneurs. So define for me, please, what an empath entrepreneur is. So it's a person, an empath is someone who is highly sensitive. So they Mm -hmm. um, feel things more deeply than the average person. Highly sensitive people make up about 15 to 20% of the population. And a lot of people don't even know that they are empathic, that they actually absorb the energy of people around them. Hmm. And, you know, I was an empath who didn't have the skills to deal with all of that extrasensory information, you know, growing up in a very chaotic household and not knowing why I was always so sensitive. I cried at everything. And so as I've gone through my spiritual awakening and my own journey, I've realized 
wow, I'm an empath. I, there are certain characteristics that I have. There are ways for me to protect my energy when I'm around crowds or certain people. And so I teach empaths how to calm their nervous system through a lot of the techniques that, that you've taught me um, and that I've picked up from other you know, coaches throughout the years so that they can be more effective coaches and shine their brilliance out in the world. So there can be a lot of uh, challenges that come with being highly sensitive. So like I said, if you, if somebody doesn't know how to manage that, mm-hmm. it can feel very overwhelming. They don't have, maybe they don't have boundaries. They feel guilty for setting boundaries. Like all of these little nuances come up when you have a coaching business that a lot of people don't talk about or discuss. And so that's my zone of genius is being able to kind of with intuitively within five minutes, kind of zone in on, okay, this is your problem. This is your challenge in your business and or your life. And these are the things that are kind of really at the crux of it. So it might be like, um, you know, old subconscious programming. It could be that they have a trauma from the past that's leading to unworthiness patterns that's showing up in their business. So there, it can really take a lot of different forms, these different patterns and these blocks. And so that's my, my zone of genius to be able to identify the block and help them with these transformation tools to release that old programming so that they can ascend into who they came here to be. Wow. That sounds amazing. Can you do that if somebody is not an empath? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's just my niche of people that I love working with because Mm -hmm. I can really, um, I can really identify with them and understand the unique challenges that empaths have. And I actually did write a book about um, uh, all about this topic. Let me, or people can't see it, but I will show you. (laughs) Yeah. You can see it on here. We'll take a screenshot of it there. Hold on a second. Let me me do a screenshot. Hold it up right there. Let me see. One, two, three, wrong button. I'll get it eventually. (laughs) there we go (laughs) got it (laughs) so yeah it's it's embracing your light as a highly sensitive person a guide to to developing your empathic gifts um and i find that a lot of pharmacists i coach a lot of pharmacists who are highly empathic they just don't know how to channel that into creating a soul aligned business and so my approach is really energetic and also practical with helping them grow their business empathic pharmacists yeah what (laughs) that's a thing that's really yeah so there's actually like i said there's 15 to 20 percent of people that are empathic a lot of uh, empaths will go into the helping professions so nurses um you know caregivers people that are you know want to go into pharmacy or being a nurse practitioner so a lot of those people are wanting to start their own business and kind of niche off with this digital age of the internet to be able to create a coaching practice. And so I help them to be able to have a, uh, an avenue for that to create. Wow. That, that is a very specific niche though. If you really stop and think about it, you know, empathic pharmacists, it's really yeah. maybe a little too specific. So just empathic entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. That's Wow. That is really kind of amazing. And and I've seen that just by the way, that people who are empathic often do get into healing professions or natural, I suppose, not necessarily often, but often they, I've seen it happen. And so when it does happen, they can be a tremendously gifted healers, but they can also have se- severe challenges because they they take on other people's stuff. Right. And to learn how to not do that. 
is I think a, a absolutely critical coaching you know, skill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there, there's a lot with boundaries that I've learned over the past year. So as I'm growing my business, I have to hold more people, right? I'm, I'm able to, you know, have the, the blessing of holding more people and also need to have boundaries, policies and procedures that say, Hey, I'm only available at this time because I need to recharge, right? Yeah, as yeah, an yeah. empath, as an introvert, I'm actually an introvert. So a lot right. of people don't know that. Um, but I do need to recharge. And so you need to have those things in place in order to be able to hold more people to reach um, and impact more lives. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I'm considering myself to be an introvert as well, based on the idea that Carl Jung, who, you know, made up the definition. So therefore we get to, you know, cite him because he made up the darn words you know according to carl jung um an extrovert is somebody who seeks out others you know extroverted activities in order to recharge his or her batteries and an introvert is somebody who does the opposite wants to go for a walk or be alone and you know, be right. or whatever in order to recharge their batteries so it's where do you go to recharge is the question and so right. yes we can be public people we can do this sort of thing and you know, I'm, I'm alone in a room in upstate New York. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm looking out my window. I'm seeing, you know, a Creek and trees. Is there and deer? And, there's no deer in my present field of vision, but there are lots <laughs> of birds. Lots of birds. Uh, yeah. a bird feeder right outside. So yeah, there's tufted titmouse. There's tufted titmouse I can see right now. And there's, uh, what is that? A, a downy woodpecker at the suet. <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you need is Bambi, and now you and then you have I the know. whole scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so amazing stuff that you're doing. And what's the name of your book? Could you just say it again slowly? What's the title of your book? Yeah, so it's embracing your light as a highly sensitive person: a guide to developing your empathic gifts. Nice. And where can so, people get that? Is that available just on Amazon or? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So it's available through Kindle. Um, you can also get the paperback on Amazon. It's also on my website, pharmacistcoach.com. So, yep. Pharmacistcoach.com. Are you still a pharmacist? I am licensed in Pennsylvania, but I don't work as a pharmacist anymore. Okay. So I just keep my license active, but yeah, probably will never, ever go back. <laughs> cool. But you, um, you are a coach. So how does this work for people? How do you, what is your, you know, typical coaching practice look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have actually scaled to offer a lot of different things depending on where the person is at. So for example, I have, uh, I have obviously my book that I just showed you. So I Mm -hmm. have low cost offers. I have like medium tier offers. So like I, I have um, a membership. I have a, a e-courses that are just passive income streams that I've created to help people build their soul aligned business. I have retreats that I host. I had two retreats this past year in Florida. Nice. Um, I have one-on-one programs and then I have a, a group program that I'm, I'm offering right now called Release and Rise. So I have kind of a lot of different offerings depending on um, where that person is in their journey of wanting to grow and expand into their own business. And again, it's kind of like 
the the left-brained um, practical parts with the right-brained healer transformation that I feel I'm kind of right in the middle to be able to help people no matter where they're at. Because you have those pharmacists who are really left-brained and they want those practical action steps. And so the things that I teach them are maybe learning to let go a little bit more and, and how, be more with the flow. Whereas maybe there, there are different people along the spectrum that depending on where they're at, they need different tools and different, different things than someone else. So mm-hmm. it's very, it's very customized. It's very personalized to that person based upon where they're at their own blocks, their beliefs. It's, it's definitely, um, what I love actually the most is that every single person is so different. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to, um, well, everybody who listens to this podcast recently in a, in one of the episodes from a week or two ago, um, if people are interested, it's about uh, 101 coaching mistakes to avoid. And, And just basically saying that in coaching, that is kind of the secret is to, to be able to see, and of course you're an empath, so it's easy for you, but be able to see and, 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 and to tailor things to the individual needs of the person that you're talking to, because right. everybody is different. And if you can, if you have a set program and it's like, you try to put everybody into your little cubby, little, you know, your set things, it's not going to work very well. You have to be able to be able to tailor it to the individuals that are in front of you. And to just toot your horn a little bit, um, I remember that because you hypnotized me back in 2009. And I remember I walked into your office, I started crying and I was just like a a ball of problems and a mess. And you within like you knew exactly what to do to help with hypnosis. And you're very intuitive to be able to, you know, laser focus and know, okay, this is what this person needs. And you did it in such a natural, organic way that I was like really impressed by and and I'm still impressed by. So you have that skill too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm an empath. I don't know if I, what the qualities are that you'd look for, for that, but certainly there's, um, I've, I've got a great deal of sensitivities in some areas for sure, but I'm also practiced at, searching and looking and and listening for those things. Do you teach particular skills for those things as well? Do you have, you know, skill sets for, you know, that you teach to people? Yeah. Well, the number one thing that I always recommend is meditation because the more that you can get out of the chaos of everyday life and just listen to your own intuition, Uh the more connected you are to yourself, your own inner workings, then you can notice patterns in other people, right? Mm, so that's mm. how I've developed my intuition is through my spiritual practices, through meditation, um, you know, journaling, getting to know myself and my subconscious and all of my shadows and, and everything. So w- when I see that pattern in someone else, it's like, okay, I can pinpoint it. I know how to help you shift it. And so the journey of a coach is to me a, so much of an intimate experience of getting to know yourself so that you can help other right mm. and others. So that's what I feel. Yeah. Sounds good. So do you teach your coaching clients specific meditation practices or do you uh, just recommend that they meditate at what you do? Yeah. So if they're, it, again, it depends on where they're at in the spectrum. If they're just starting off, they've never meditated before. That's going to be a different prescription than someone right. who's a seasoned meditator, but um, any type of like, say that you're just starting off and you're listening to this you know, podcast, 
even a quick body scan meditation. You can look these up on YouTube, um, you know, a quick five minute or insight timer. Could you just could kind you, of, could you take yeah. us through one of those? What's a quick body scan? What do you mean by that? So it's pretty much like progressive relaxation. You okay. know, you know what yep. that is. So that just, one. you know, helping you to kind of start at the top of your head or from the bottom of your feet and just, you know, uh, with your awareness, just noticing, okay, I feel my left, my left foot, I feel my left ankle and just getting more in tune with your body because mm-hmm. so often when we experience trauma, we dissociate from the body. And so we're mm. always out here as empaths, we learn to, to abandon our lower chakra system and go and be hyper-focused on the outside, right? Of what is everybody else doing? I have to please everybody else. And that's what empaths do naturally. We actually need to set boundaries to come back into the body, to anchor in and ground in to our, our own body again, because we've abandoned it. And that's why you see a lot of people who are highly sensitive, they go to um, alcohol or food or keeping busy because it's so uncomfortable being in the body. And so you need to train your mind to go back in and, and know, okay, like, how am I feeling today? I'm going to feel my left, my left leg and, and start to just come back into your own space and be in your own frame in your own body. So that's okay. something that you can do. That's very easy. Cool. And, and you've, you've mentioned a few times setting boundaries and I, totally agree with that notion on a whole variety of levels but what do you mean by that exactly how do you how do you help a empath to learn to set boundaries yeah so to me it's energetic and it's also practical so like if you have a client say that you're you know you, you have a one-on-one client and you know you're a coach and in the agreement in your contract it says i will give you six sessions you have access to me through email and that person starts texting you because that's how they called you whenever you first talked to them, right? That's a boundary. Like, Hey, if you refer back to this contract, I am not available for texting. I am available from eight to four. And a lot of, a lot of women specifically feel guilty or like they're going to think I'm a bitch or whatever is going to happen that the world is going to crumble if they go and set that boundary because it's a nervous system response, probably from childhood that says it's not safe for me to set boundaries because then I get punished, then I get in trouble, right? So it's all of that and retraining your body to say, okay, this is a distorted thought that I am not allowed to take care of myself. And so it's very deep. and it, it's not just cognitive, it actually is, it, it shows up in the body. So, so much of this work in, that I do is, you know, some, sometimes we have to do breath work to release some of that energy from the subconscious mind. Sometimes it's energy work, like there's different tools that you can use to help people shift out of that, along with the cognitive things like, hey, what is the actual truth of this thing of, you know, is that a real rational thought, this fear? Or is it, like, what is the truth of the situation? It's safe for me to set boundaries. It's safe for me to say, hey, I don't, I, I can't text with you, right? right? And I will I will be blocking you because I cannot, like, it, it's just, it's very difficult for a lot of people, you know, and I've, that's something that I've had to learn too. Um, so you can practically set boundaries that way. You can also energetically um, kind of shield yourself. And I'm sure you've heard of this technique before, just visualizing, like if you're in a, 
in a toxic situation, maybe you have a very chaotic work environment, you can do that and just kind of energetically shield yourself. There's a lot of different ways to do that. But one of them is just imagining a golden bubble around your energy that's protecting you. And that's a simple way that you can, you can shield your energy so that you're not kind of absorbing everything that people are, uh, you know, everybody comes with their own, you know, aura and the things that are going on with them. So um, that's one way. Another way is to, um, this is an Eden energy technique. You put one hand um, up towards the sky and one hand down. And this is called um, connecting heaven and earth. And so you just release any energy that's kind of, um, you know, that you might've picked up from other people into the earth and you receive, you know, the, the positive energy. So there's a lot of different techniques and a lot of different um, things that you can do to help protect your energy. And mm -hmm. especially for empaths, they need that. Right. Do you teach those in your workshops and your uh, retreats and things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In my retreats. Yeah. I actually work with an energy. Uh, she's my support coach. She's an energy, uh, eat an energy medicine practitioner. And she's taught me so much this year about a lot of those things to kind of rebalance the nervous system um, based upon what is showing up, you know, for like, if someone needs to be, you know, ground more into their body, mm -hmm. or if they need to speak their truth and, and connect some other part of like their heart and their, their throat chakra, there's so many different things that can help to rebalance your, your nervous system to create more harmony and therefore not have that triggering response of like, I can't set boundaries or I can't, you know, charge more for what I'm worth or whatever these fears and things that come up throughout entrepreneurship are, because we all have them. Yeah. And so yeah. it's learning how to regulate that. No, that's very true. And I think it's very, very smart to have those both, you know, practical, you know, have a contract thing, you know, have a written agreement, just those sort yeah. of practical steps to have that you can refer back to, you know, say, Hey, right. this is what we said. This is what it's going to be. And yes, I'm, I'm available to email you back within 24 hours and I will do it. Right. Um, and at a certain time, the phone goes off and, you know, there's these boundaries set, set that down and have it be written. And also right. for you to say, um, we can have this, you know, golden bubble around us of energy to have a sort of perhaps less than, um, you know, left brain practical written down on paper sort of thing, but, but never right. a technique that works that, you know, protects the energy for you. So you have the boundary in that way as well. So a variety right. of different things. That is so cool. Do do you still um, help people with nutrition and that sort of stuff as well? Or is that just something you you, you went through as a stage in your development? I yeah, I feel like that was kind of, you know, when I was a pharmacist and then I knew I wanted to heal, you know, I had an eating disorder. So I think I naturally went into helping people with healing their, you know, and helping them like regulate their eating patterns through nutrition. But then the mindset piece came in and I realized that's more of what I really help people do is, and I can help, I can help people with that as well. It's just not my focus right now, mm -hmm, but it, right. think about somebody who holds on to, to weight, for example, and they maybe are struggling with their eating. There's always, and you know, this, there's a subconscious reason why they are protecting themselves physically. Mm -hmm. So maybe they had some kind of insecurity or a trauma or, you know, a belief system about their identity and who they've been. And so it's always a holistic 
picture. It's never yeah. just one thing. And it's being able to, I love how your pod, your podcast is called essential coaching skills, because that is such a huge part of it is being able to listen to someone diagnose the problem and then be able to give them these skills and these tools to help them transform. It's, it's always an arc of transformation. So, yeah. 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 yeah cool. An arc of transformation. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. That's the way I always see it. So you don't think of it as a, a, a straight path or um, it's a, a arc. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, actually an interesting thing to, to pinpoint for me. It's like, okay, they're here, they're struggling with a problem mm -hmm. and there's some kind of pathway, right. That is going to lead them to the result that they want. And so to me, it's like, it's a, it's a journey. It's an arc of transformation where underneath that umbrella falls all of these tools, all of these skills that they can learn to integrate and embody that new version of themselves. So that's the way I see it. I know that you've talked about, I remember in one of your classes, you taught about that snowball effect, right? Like, I think it was in the hypnosis class, you, mm -hmm. you drew that slope and it was like, yeah. you know, it yeah. eventually becomes a habit for that person. It's right. Yeah. Right. I know yeah. you drew it differently. <laughs> well, yeah, that was, that was, and that's one of my favorite drawings, just by the way, <laughs> I, I draw slopes very well with, um, I sometimes refer to them as mountains, but yeah, so yeah, it's the idea of um, some small change can, can snowball and, and have a ultimately big effect. So you, you don't right. know, just keep kicking, kicking those little pebbles and sometimes it changes the whole face of the mountainside. That's, that's what it was kicking the pebbles. Yes, yeah. I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I remember everything you taught me, Doug O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're still able to sit up and take nourishment, so that's that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's great. No, it's really it's fantastic, and I, I just love this idea. And I love we've talked about in in this coaching practice, the coaching skills podcast before. We've talked about the value of finding your niche, niche, you know, niche, niche. Yeah. Um, and, and you certainly <laughs> have done that. I think that is so interesting, you know, that you've pinpointed it so precisely, you know, the em empathic entrepreneurs. Um, it's, it's just so cool because it is such a, you know, like 10, what'd you say? 20%? 15 to 20. Yeah. That's a, that's it's a probably, lot of people. It's probably underreported too. I mean, you can't possibly capture, you know, that in my opinion, but I feel like, yeah, that's definitely a specific, like when someone comes across my page and they, and they see that they're going to know, yes, that's me. Or they're going to look up the word empath and be like, oh my God, I had no idea. Like a lot of my mm -hmm. clients will say that I didn't even know I was an empath, but they're just drawn to me because, yeah. because of it. That's great. So that's really great. I had a client once a number of years ago who um, didn't start off in the healing healing skills he was a i think worked in a hardware store or something like that but he was a he became a, a healer and he was truly gifted at it but he was an empath who didn't have boundaries who didn't know how to set those boundaries and he totally you know got burnt out on it he he, he had to just quit because he was his way of healing was to like absorb stuff from other people and transform it for himself but you know he had yeah. gone through all this processing. The other person just sort of, you know, let him do it. Um, but it was not a viable 
um, model for, you know, sustained therapy. You know, he had, a, he's just sort of got burned out on it. So it's a right. really great thing that you've discovered and, you know, that you're able to help people learn those, those, those techniques and those skills to be able to do that. Thank you. Yeah. And you're, you hit it right on the head. Like if you, if it's not managed, then that's when it leads to burnout, you know, and you hear, I hear a lot of people in pharmacy talking about that right now or in, in healthcare. Um, and I feel like it, it's, it's all of these tools that people need to learn. Um, I'm actually doing a summit in February and bringing together all of these different pharmacists to help specifically to teach other people tools on how to manage stress. Um, and probably a lot of them who are coming are going to be empaths, but um, I think it's definitely needed, especially in healthcare. Yeah. So. And it's, it's also interesting speaking of people in healthcare about um, people who have boundaries and stuff. I've seen, I've worked in hospitals. So I've seen some people who are empathic and they're wonderful caregivers, but again, boy, do they need a drink by five o'clock or, <laughs> you know, they just, yeah. they're, they are, they're just kind of burnt out. And there's other people who just walk around like, like Mr. Boundary, you know, you, you can't get to this person. They are, they may be a talented professional, but they, there's like no, no doctor patient. Bedside manner. No, yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. Bedside manner. Yeah. And, and yeah, I can appreciate why they do that, but, um, but it doesn't really lead to a, a a warm and fuzzy feeling like, okay, I'm in good care here as a patient, you know, cause there, there's no connection with the doctor at all. What I'm hearing you say is, so our aura is three feet around us. When someone's very too much open, the aura might be too extended. And mm -hmm. so somebody needs to bring their aura back in the person that you're talking about with the rigid boundaries, their, their aura is very close to the body. So they, yeah. so their challenge is actually opening up a little bit more. So yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. and but to be able to manage that so that opening it up isn't dangerous, you know, opening right. up isn't uh, isn't going to cause harm. Because you know, I, I once had a, a, a doctor. Most of the time when I was working at the hospital, I was working with patients. I was working with um, cardiac patients prior to surgery, um, doing pre-surgical hypnosis. But every now and again, I would get a, a a doctor who would come in or a nurse, you know, health practitioner of some kind. And uh, remember this one guy who came and said he was just burned out. And he needed help managing his stress. And I asked him, well, tell me, what are you doing currently to manage your stress? And he was like, nothing. <laughs> you know, his, his, his work schedule is like 48 hours on, um, 72 hours on call, another 48 hours. You know, it's just absurd. And I said, well, what do you mean? You don't run, you don't jog, you don't meditate, you don't do any of those things. He said, I don't have time. <laughs> and I was going, like, yeah. well, what do you want me to do? you know wave a magic wand because i'm a hypnotist or something it doesn't work right so so you teach people how to meditate how to find time for themselves to to recharge and, and do these things set those boundaries etc yeah and i will say you know you have to be dedicated you can't just be like oh you know i'm gonna go do this for two days and then be be off of it i work on this every day, every day. your energy in my opinion is the most valuable currency that you have. And so in order to manage your energy, you need to have energy routines like meditation, even if it's five minutes a day or journaling or something to get it out. Right. Yeah. If you, if you have all of this um, kind of stress and, and things going on, then you can't effectively 
you know, be a coach or, you know, you're going to be so depleted that it's not going to really be effective for you. So you need to have, you know, energetic management, energetic hygiene, whatever you want to call it, some kind of ritual or practice that's going to help you stay, stay balanced and stay focused. Yeah. Do you think you could teach someone else how to be basically do what you do? Can you teach somebody else to be a a coach like Christina Fontana? Yeah, if they were if they were really um, a dedicated student, absolutely. Okay, because it, what it really fascinated me a few minutes ago when you said that you could within a minute you could pinpoint exactly, you know, the situations that the person was facing and. Yeah. That's an impressive skill. Yeah, I th- I <laughs> so the way that I um, get information intuitively is that I pick up on the way that their voice sounds, the words that they're using. Um, I get images from my intuition. I hear words, I hear questions to ask them to kind of guide them. And I can pinpoint pretty quickly what it is that, and usually people say it right in the beginning of the conversation, whatever their most pressing uh, resistance or fear is, they'll often start with that. So it's very easy for me to be like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what they're saying, but underneath these are the patterns that are anchoring in that behavior. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of how I can do it so quickly. And wow. because I know myself and I've probably had that pattern and 10 times <laughs> more because <laughs> I've, you know, yeah. I mean, if, if any of you know my story, I mean, I went from, uh, you know, went through two different eating disorders, had a lot of trauma in my childhood. Um, so as a highly sensitive person, I can pinpoint and I'm hyper aware of what someone else is going through because I've probably gone through it too. So I, I joke, I joke with myself, but I've been through a lot, you know, for a 33 year old woman. (laughs) There, Doug, I said my age. Well, I didn't, I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. Did you say something? (laughs) Pass me there. Pass me. Um, yeah, so that's really interesting too, because you know the the idea is that um, that people who have had challenges um, yeah. such as yourself um, often, you know, can be hurt by them, or they can turn them around and use them as gifts. Yeah, right? that they can be something that you not only overcome and. and <laughs> that's what the book's about. <laughs> that's what the book's about. Cool. So the title is highly sensitive person. Um, embracing your light as a highly sensitive person. Yeah, I can okay. I can send you the link after. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I just saw the big, the big letters are highly sensitive person. So yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Um, cover design. It's a very nice cover. And and um, but it's really true that sometimes people you can have these adverse childhood experiences. There's the whole set of ACEs, adverse childhood experiences that you can you know they can be crushing and they can be devastating. They can end you right? But they can also be gifts and you can learn from them and use them and become, you know, an empathic well, entrepreneur. Well, you, you taught that also four things of a, a trauma. One is a landscape, right? Right, right. That's one of them. So two people could, could grow up in the same environment, but somebody is vulnerable and someone isn't, right? That's a, see, I'm, I'm just tying everything together for you here. I remember everything <laughs> that you taught me. <laughs> well, I'll, inescapability. I'll I remember the four things of the of how a trauma gets yeah. encoded. Yeah, that's that's from the havening techniques, right? So the Emily, 
as we call it, the um, event takes place, E. Um, M is the meaning that's ascribed to it. L is the landscape of the, the pre-existing yeah. landscape of the brain. And I is inescapability. So for those four elements are present, then a person was probably going to get uh, an encoded trauma there happening. Um, yep. If any one of them is missing, then chances are slim. But nevertheless, thank you for remembering everything I taught you. That's very flattering. And <laughs> you know, I love you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> right back at you, Christina. So, but it is impressive to me that you've been able to really sort of in your short 33 years. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that? Um, <laughs> um, really bring, bring it all together and not only overcome those adverse childhood experiences, but turn them into assets, turn them into, you know, abilities that you have to be able to help others so very well, well and teach others how to do that for themselves, you know, to yeah. teach others how to, you know, become empathic entrepreneurs and be successful in that. It's, it's a, it's beautiful. It's a <clears throat> great thing. Thank you. So I love it. Yeah. So what is um, something that we would want to take away from this? As you would say, if you want to be a successful coach, what is a uh, essential coaching skill that one must have in order to be successful as a coach? In my opinion, growing a business is really a transformation journey and an inner transformation journey. So whatever is calling to you, to develop your intuition, to know yourself more, to release old programming of who you think you are. Like, for example, a lot of the people that I serve are going from being a pharmacist to being an entrepreneur. So they have an identity wrapped up in, I can only make money from this channel. And so a lot of the work is dis uh, or deprogramming that identity to open them up to infinite possibilities for what their life can look like. Mm -hmm. So the more that they, the more that anybody can do that inner work of what do I need to release? What are the old beliefs, the, the programs, the patterns that are holding me back and keeping me from truly embodying who I came here to be, who God made me to be. That is is great. So in whatever way is calling to you from whatever we talked about, whether it's meditation, havening, hypnosis, whatever, it's going to help you along your journey in, in serving your clients. So that's yeah. what I would say. Cool. Love it. So there's no just single technique. There's no one single meditation. Formula. Okay. Meditation. You connect more to yourself. You relieve stress. It changes the, the gray matter in your brain to help you um, you know, calm your nervous system to rewire your brain for healthier um, pathways. I mean, there's so much research and evidence around meditation. So that would be the one, I guess, the, the one thing to meditate. Okay, cool. Love it. And and you would say to do that every day, five minutes yes. to minimum or Absolutely. twice a day? Twice a day? Yeah. So I, I would recommend if you're just starting off probably just, you know, five minutes a day, cause the, your mind is going to be like, I have to go pick up the dog. I have to do laundry. I have to pick my wedgie, whatever <laughs> that you have to do. And so it's just starting and growing that muscle. It's like when you go to the gym for the first time, just pick up a five pound weight. It's okay. And yeah. just start from there. Right. I think wedgie might be a Pittsburgh, um, <laughs> no, what, it's not. <laughs> what's, what's the, what do you mean, pick my wedgie? What does that mean? You've never heard that, I guarantee. 
Ask your ask your audience; they'll know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we what are, you're here. I'm asking you. What does that mean? Pick a wedgie. <laughs> Fix your pants. <laughs> oh. oh. Never mind. <laughs> Ow. I had to I had to infuse <laughs> some humor. Because oh, sometimes healing yeah. can be very like, you know, heavy and oh my trauma. So I have to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> you know. Yes. No, that's good. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So um thank you for all this. This is this is truly fascinating. I do, by the way, um uh, align with that. And you know, I do meditate. I do uh you know, self hypnosis on a pretty regular basis. I do havening every day. Certainly, I do that that idea, and I, and I subscribe to the idea that you know when you're doing coaching, when you're in this situation, that you need to, you know, just be in that situation. You need to to you know get into that coach state, as as Robert. It's Delson. a state. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. and it's where you're, you know, just being with that person. And I think right. Milton Erickson was brilliant at that. He could just like really be with that person and just in that moment and comfortable in his own skin and, and able, therefore, to pick up on this other than conscious communication, this nonverbal communication that's coming perhaps energetically or whatever, but um, nevertheless, right. you, you connect, you connect on that deep level. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying presence, like he, you know, had presence with that person and, and was grounded in himself. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that's, it seems the same as what you're saying as well. Is that? I'm, I'm definitely not Milton Erickson, but. No, no, no. <laughs> Who is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not that, I'm not that great, but. Well, yeah, no, thank you. But actually, you know, the, the similarities are that Erickson was very intuitive and very studied he was a, a, a medical professional he was a doctor right he'd, he'd spent all those years studying things and worked hard with his left brain while he was also you know noticing things cognitively and you know perhaps intuitively you know trusting your yeah. unconscious mind is, is his catchphrase was always saying that sort of thing trust your unconscious <laughs> but, you know you need to in a sense trust the unconscious and balance it with you know medical knowledge he would sometimes do these things where he would write out, you know, what he believed the person's, his, the patient's um, history would be before he found out what the history would be based on their symptoms. And sometimes he'd find out what the history was, and then he'd try to, you know, figure out what their symptoms are going to be based on their history and compare. So, you know, it's a lot of, of cognitive brain, left brain study, which you did through right? pharmacy, school, pharmacy yeah. school and everything else that you've done as well as being is connecting with your you know intuitive side is that right is that am i making that up or would you say no that that's you're right on point yeah no no, that is true and i feel like um you know i have i have coaches too and one of my coaches said that she feels like i'm very good at being able to have the left and right brain and kind of you know be in my in my mind it's like connecting heaven and earth right like being Mm. connected to the intuition, but also being grounded in the practical of, okay, this is how we move forward. This is how we're going to transmute this for you. So yeah, I would agree with that. Nice. Cool. Yeah. That, that connecting heaven and earth posture, by the way, so when you reach one hand up towards the heavens and one hand towards the earth, um, it's kind of like that Buddha statue 
posture, right? That we've seen with the the fat Buddha where he has the palm is upwards and the other palm is downwards. Is that right? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Maybe that was, maybe that's what he's doing. (laughs) Probably. He was Buddha after all, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He knew it all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. That's neat. So is that correct that the palm is facing upwards and the other palm is facing downwards? Yes. Yep. Neat. So the idea is that you're receiving energy from mm-hmm. above and you're dispelling anything that's that you want to release from, in, in, you know, into the earth. So besides, so like, st- besides standing in that posture, what else do you do? Do you, do you breathe in a certain way? Do you say anything to yourself? I mean, how do you? You just breathe and you feel, you'll feel it. Like, you know, I can feel it because I've been on, you're my third call of the day. Um, I can feel, I picked up a lot of energy. So you'll feel your fingers tingling. If you're very like, I, you know, I'm an empath. So I, I feel it. You could feel the energy moving. And then once your hands stop tingling, that's when you can stop, or you could even switch to the other side. However long it feels for you to know, okay, I'm back in balance. And the more, again, the more intuitive you are, the easier it's going to be to pick up, up on that. Like, okay, I, I'm done with, with this exercise now. And so. do you do that pre- periodically throughout the day in order to balance yourself? Yeah. Or you do? For sure. I taught my husband. He's an empath too. I taught him that. So That's neat. So yeah. you do not just meditation in the morning, but you do certain you know, exercises Rituals. Like throughout the day. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you do throughout the day? Um, so it depends on what, uh, what's coming up for me. Like last Mm -hmm. night I did a kind of like a gratitude journal. I do that every few days to just, you know, rewire, like uh, refocus my attention on the things that are coming into my life. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Chinese, um, medicine, like the five different elements. Yeah, sure. Have you heard of that? The five element theory. So I'm a wood. I'm a wood element. And so one of the things that you can do for wood is to just put your um, rebalance by putting your thumbs on your, uh, your temples and Mm -hmm. then putting your, the rest of your fingers on your, your forehead. And that helps you get back into balance too. wood whenever under stress wood goes to anger. Mm. So if I find that I'm getting frustrated or angry, then I, I do that position. Mm. So um, I have a bunch of YouTube videos on this too. There's different, um, and it's, it's psychosensory, right? Or like tapping, I'll yeah. do tapping. If right. I'm like, if a fear comes up and I need to move through it, it's, it's a psychosensory touch therapy, just like havening is. Like so, havening. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. In fact, that is kind of a havening posture. You do the f- stroking the forehead. I often do that where I put the thumbs on the temples and just. See, you're doing it, already. <laughs> doing it already. And um, what's your YouTube channel? How would we find you there? I can give you the link for that. Um, it's just under, I think it's under my maiden name though, Christina Tarantola, but I can, I can give you all those links in the show notes. Okay, cool. Christina Tarantola on YouTube. Yep. Okay, cool. We'll look for that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Christina, it is so delightful to see you again. Yeah. Thank you so much, Doug. Maybe I'll take your, another class of yours. <laughs> I've already done hypnosis, havening. If you have another H, then I'll do that too. Another <laughs> well, H class. Be sure to find an H class. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for you. Great. And, um, you know, once again, we will we will include the in the show notes, as you said, the, the links for people to find these things. But just for people who are just listening, is there a, a Facebook? I mean, is there a, uh, I'm sorry, a, a, a 
website that they should go to? Yeah. So if you go to just uh, www.pharmacistcoach.com, that's the easiest way to find me. And... Is pharmacist coach one word? Or is yep. there a hyphen? Okay. No, no yep, dots, that's it. Underscores. Okay. Nope, Pharm- it's super easy. Pharmacistcoach.com. Okay. Very good. Thank you so awesome. much. Okay. Thanks, Doug. Bye. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want any more information about today's show, please visit our website at www.essentialcoachingskills.com. Be sure to tune in again next week for our next episode and discover even more about the systems and the secrets that set the best apart.